Pump full of Dayquil. I need to get some sleep. So how about we play some JRPGs today on... Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Press Me to Cancel, the best damn podcast you'll listen to and see until those other guys come on. Uh, my name is Sick Jake. I'm your host this week, but never alone. Oh, no. I'm joined by two other great guys, uh, GP of the Retro Therapy. What was that wince? I, at best, I'm shady. I appreciate you saying great okay. guys, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. I'm all the right. ever shady GP of the Retro Therapy. Good to see you. <laughs> and Werewolf. Wolf, how you doing? I'm all right. <laughs> You're not shady. No, sir. No. And now I'm nervous right. because that wince was like an involuntary, like, uh, and now I'm like, you guys can see me. Everybody can see me. I've really got to yes. tone down some of my, like, initial reactions. <laughs> no, nah, leave it. Leave it. it. It's natural. It's fun. Keep it. Also, should I have yeah, don't... put my soda pop in a different cup or do I need to, like, try to drink it yeah. without showing any... Look, you I, already you cheers claim for he Yeah, this is damn well better free advertising for Coca Cola Company. So somebody's got that's good because we're not trying to just give away free plugs. <laughs> Apologies if anybody sees me looking around like a crazy cat or bird or something. There's a little fly <laughs> that just keeps catching my attention. I'm sorry. And for those listening at home. Yes, we are doing YouTube again. We're going to try and do this as much as we can when we do the video recording as long as along with the audio podcast. So if any of this last five minutes didn't make any sense, please check us on YouTube and like and subscribe, please. Anyway, uh, so this week, uh, so a couple weeks ago, actually, we did an episode. You know, we were charged by the International Olympic Committee to do an episode about the best NES platformers. I think we did a damn good job, although I am sad that Circus Charlie was just denied the gold but that's okay so this week kind of in that theme we decided to do the best super nintendo rpgs yeah. we thought that'd be kind of fun to do yeah. although yeah. we're not going to be doing 24 of them because <laughs> we're not insane does in this time. time yeah we're doing 12 this time so 12 games so that's what we've done so like last time i have this you know ioc sanctioned algorithm that has taken 12 games and has arranged them into brackets i don't know what they are gp and wolf don't know either no clue. And then we'll kind of debate the brackets and come out with who's uh, you know the best RPG in the system. If they're not on this bracket, if they're not one of these twelve, then obviously they're a trash game. Obviously, and you know we're not at fault at all. Well, hold right? on though. <laughs> not 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 necessarily. I just you can only have so many Final Fantasy games in a single a single episode for a bracket, right? Well, that was the one thing that kind of took me back is how many freaking games are Square on this list? Yeah. Like Square has done. All the top ones. Like, there's no denying that. But there are some non-square games on this list. So it's not going to be wall-to-wall Final Fantasy. Right. And some did not. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Final Fantasy V, I think, is not on this list. But that's not to say it's a trash game. It just, you know. That's, that's all I want to say. Total garbage. Yeah, total garbage. Yeah, it's, it's not it's here. Garbage. Down there with Lagoon, that's all. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Lagoon? Nah. We don't, need, we don't need this stuff. All right. So... <laughs> I guess we get right into it because um, these do take quite a bit of while to go through. So let me see here. Uh, let me check with the algorithm here. It's generating the brackets. And the first one is, okay. The uh, first one is Robotrek. Okay. Versus another game with a robo. How can, how can 
it's is it Mega Man Two versus Mega Chrono Man Three? Trigger. <laughs> no, no, I mean, Road Trek versus Chrono Trigger. Oh, come on, is this okay? Next, yeah. I think we all know how how this one's gonna this go, is, right? This was unfair well, for Robotrek, but uh, okay. Well, first off, oh, hold on. <laughs> sing its praises. Sing its praises, please. So it's been a few years since I played Robotrek. I actually recently watched Cloak Daily and played some Robotrek, and the appeal of this one is is your. Correct me if you've heard this one before. Stop me if you've heard this one before. You're a young boy on a mission going out in the wide world. But in this case, you build robots. You make your own characters in your RPG party. And I think you can have up to three of them. And you get to customize how they look to the degree, the color. You name them. You can decide what weapon they get to use. And sword, gun, bombs, the whole nine yards. It's very customizable. And it's got a very cute, great graphic style. I think this is a charming as hell game. Yeah, I'm with I you. I have this game on Saturn. It's called Robo Pit. Robo Pit? <laughs> I don't think I've heard of that one. It's a, it's like Armored Core. Same thing, but... Okay. Joke less likely well, but, to hit. Right, but Armored Core is RPG. like a, a shooting game, though. This is this is like RPG gold, this thing is. Well, I... Okay. Kudos <laughs> for, for the thoughts. Like, I love anything customizable because whenever you have that level of customizability... There is inherent replay value, uh, you know, not to, to say anything or foreshadow anything that might or might not be in the brackets, but Final Fantasy IV can only be played so many different ways because those things are set in stone. Certain things are. Uh, I mean, there's there's no replay value in Chrono Trigger. Nobody ever replays Chrono Trigger for well, no. For okay, right? before I have a feeling there's going to be multiple rounds and plenty of time for me to talk about Chrono Trigger. Not saying who's going <laughs> to win this one, but if I had the bet. Uh, but no, so so Robo whatever the Robo Trek, uh, Robo yes, Trek. obviously a game I know. Now I I do love the idea. I love the customizability. I, I you know hats off to everything. It really is a tough break that Robo Trek got thrown in with Chrono Trigger right out of the gate. It had to happen to somebody. I, I'm a little bummed that it wasn't one of the more well known games. But you know if you haven't played Robo Trek, try it. It's fun. If you enjoy putting your particular spin or your your thumbprint on a game. That's the game for you. It's really, really cool. Can we address the fact that the Japanese name of this game was Slapstick? <laughs> yeah, it's weird they changed it. Why <laughs> would they change such a fantastic game? <laughs> a name for a JRPG about robots, Slapstick. They they do that because there are certain titles that uh, stick better with or, or track better with like um, Western audiences. So like Robotrek has a future sound to it like the original name for example of, of star trek was actually clown penis balls fart and that didn't track as well or test as well with audiences so clown penis yeah. balls fart uh got switched to star trek the next generation or tng as we know <laughs> it. only gene roddenberry did cave you know to the pressure of, con- of well it's it's, it's all you know <laughs> yeah and uh, i think there's probably some bootlegs out there of clown penis balls fart that you could probably find at least the first two or three seasons uh, before before it really caught on. So uh, yeah. we'll we'll have to have somebody you know one of our other uh, employees check the the accuracy of that. But I think that's the right story. So before we unanimously vote Chrono Trigger, <laughs> uh, I do want to mention that Robotrek's villain group was called Hacker or Hackers or something yeah. like that. They're basically a precursor to Team Rocket. That's how effective they are overall. They're kind of doofy, but still accomplish yeah. the nonsense they're trying to accomplish, things like that. 
it's it is very much it, this game set precedents for Pokemon well before Pokemon. Yeah, I th I think the you're right there. The ability to like kind of own your robots and like you can even change your stats if I'm not wrong. Like there's the customizability there is is pretty great for a game this early. I think this came out in 94. Um the company that made it, I don't remember Quintin and Ancient. There's the two developers. Quintet and That's Ancient. That's always a good sign. Quintet. So, okay. Quintet we know from Soul Blazer, mm -hmm. Act Razor, Illusion uh, of okay. Terra Enigma, that sort of stuff. Games I have none of which I've played. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. Are they on the list? I don't... <laughs> Off to a great start. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> also, but yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. No, just character design. Like you've got this other pain going here, and there is something that's cute. And I, I think the appeal for this era and Super Nintendo smashed this, and, and this game kind of does this, where you can make the characters cute enough, the animations. Chibi enough, I guess, is a way, you know. Uh, the bright color palettes, everything is there. Chrono Trigger. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. It switched. I'm like, <laughs> it fucked with me. Anyway. Uh, but no, the, 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 the storylines like that, that's the thing, you know. You'll see this, and I'll bring this up with the other games that are on the list today. But you can have things that are cute and kind of feel like maybe they were designed for a younger generation. But then you have plot and, and character development and really depth of story that elevates it to be uh, something that appeals to adults as well. And that's one of the reasons I think this era of RPGs has had the staying power that it has uh, and kind of this golden age of RPGs is because they are very much timeless and you can play that across the, you know, the ages, uh, going from childhood to adulthood. Yeah. If you're an adult now, even if you didn't grow up with Chrono Trigger, you can go back and be like, this shit is dope. You know, and if you're a kid, you were looking at that with the eyes that I had that were like, oh, my God, look at this guy. He looks so cool. Uh, and then now as an adult, I'm still here for the story. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think story is probably where Crow Trigger just dominates Robotrek. Robotrek, it's a fun game. I, I, it's, I'm glad it's on this list because it is one of the best JRPGs on the Super Nintendo, bar none. It's just not going to be Chrono Trigger. And it's well, probably not going to be the 11 other games on this list either, mind you. Yeah, okay. it's, it's funny that you mentioned it's one of the best games on the Super Nintendo, one of the best RPGs on the Super Nintendo, given that uh, it only sold 20,000 copies in North America. Well, it's obviously a hidden gem. There you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the epitome of hidden gem. Yeah. <laughs> I played this as a kid. Like, uh, my, my buddy had it as a kid, and I brought it, it off him. It definitely seems... Great. Yeah. Like a game I would have enjoyed had I played it yeah. when I was younger. But I saw the box art and was immediately turned away because I assumed it was something like R-Type. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, The like, Japanese nah. box art is way better. <laughs> I think and is more indicative of what the game is about, right? With cartoon characters, slapstick. Like, it's it's bizarre they renamed it. Especially the box art is so drastically serious compared to what the game actually is. Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah, it, it sort right, of so got like the phalanx treatment. Or I was right, I was yeah. thinking Kiss when I found out and I started listening to what Kiss music sounded like, I was completely blown away because as a kid I thought Kiss was like really fucking heavy, just going from how they looked, you know, with the tongue and the blood and the fire and all that stuff. Uh, but Kiss, you know, and then you put it on, on the record and it's I want to rock and roll all night and party every day and that, that's kind of yeah, same thing there. The look is one thing, the playability, the sound is another. Yeah, they sound yeah. like Aerosmith and look like Guar and right, yeah. messes with your brain a little. Yeah. 
Like, like, unfortunately, yeah. Gene Simmons is on part of the Chrono Trigger band, not on RoboTrack. Can we, can we see if if we can get Gene Simmons on? Gene, if you're listening, uh, I mean, if we had the money, the he'd be on. He, that dude, he does a little <laughs> bit of everything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, Gene Sim- Simmons. So just to verify, know, have your agent talk to our. Right, we have an agent just to verify. Chrono Trigger, <laughs> right? Chrono Trigger's going going on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I even Sorry, I'm Robotrack. like, yeah. as much as I like Robotrack, you know, right? Chrono Trigger, obviously, wins. it's it's right. it's partially so Chrono Trigger moving on. Yeah, the IOC algorithm doomed it. Just you know, that's just the way the algorithm rolls, I guess. All right, next bracket. I'm gonna pull up the dates this time. So we have uh, 1996 released by Neverland Lufia Two ah. versus. Oh, there's that quintet again. Soul Blazer, released in 1992, which is actually quite early okay. for a SNES game. This is this is okay, a good this bracket. One, yeah, go ahead. It, I'll go very last. good. I was going to say, this is a tough bracket here. Um, so, aside from the fact that I've never played Lufia 2, I've only played Lufia, and I've heard numerous accounts of Lufia 2 completely overshadowing the first game by a long shot. Um. Soul Blazer is one of those games I loved as a kid. Have so much fun with this. If you're unfamiliar with it, but you're familiar with Dark Cloud, I kind of think of Dark Cloud as sort of a spiritual successor to Soul Blazer in a lot of ways. Dungeon crawling, saving aspects of the local village, and then allowing you to proceed further by getting goodies or rewards or just experience, whatever have you. Um... What was I going to say? Um, Soul Blazer. What was the other game? Lufia 2. <laughs> Lufia 2, apparently. Lufia 2. Yeah. <laughs> so Soul Blazer has a lot going for it in terms of music, gameplay, uh, mechanics, various things about it. The story is weak as hell. Okay. <laughs> Lufia 2 has really cool dungeon design, as, as I'm to understand it. The puzzles are always interesting. It's pretty linear in terms of, you know, Dungeon Town, Dungeon Town, Dungeon Town, which, I mean, Soul Blazer is the same way for the most part. But Lufia 2, I guess when you're in dungeons, there's no random battles. It's all, you can see the enemies on screen, and when you move a square, they move a square. So it has roguelite aspects to it, and which they actually touch on further within uh, a 100-floor dungeon that you start over if you fail. That's pretty brutal. But it's it's an optional dungeon with right. uh, some of the best gear in the game. So there's that. Uh, the story, if you played the first Lufia, you know exactly how Lufia 2 ends because even though it's named a sequel, you see the end of Lufia 2 at the beginning of Lufia 1 before you ever see the new characters in Lufia 1. <laughs> That's it's, weird. So Lufia 2 like is called Rise of the Sinistrals. Okay. And at the end of Lufia, or at the beginning of Lufia, it opens with the characters from Lufia 2 defeating the Sinistrals and then ultimately dying too. So you know the ending of Lufia 2 if you played the first game. It's that huh. simple. So okay. all the surprises and plot twists come in the journey, not the result. Yeah, it's it's, not the okay. it's Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> You know how it's going to end. 
Interesting. Right. So apparently all the characters' plot lines and their growth and everything is very interesting. And the overall story itself is very lackluster. It's it doesn't go it doesn't stray too far from typical fantasy in that regard. I don't know. I I, the only thing even I... though I even though I haven't played Lufia 2, I think I gotta go Lufia 2 on this. So the only thing about Soul Blazer that I, I saw really holds up well if you play it today, because this this is an early SNES title. Ninety two is really quite early for that generation, mm -hmm. uh, and I know that that's kind of reflected in some of the combat mechanics are a little bit janky, like the feel of the combat is not as good. But when I look at things like Secret of Mana also having janky real time combat, it doesn't bother me as much. Um, but Soul Blazer, the, the one thing that holds up is that the dungeons uh, save points are very generous. So you can kind of go back to start a dungeon and save and resume later on. So you can kind of quickly move things at your own pace. You're not stuck spending an hour in a dungeon unless you really want to. Like, it's more bite-sized, I guess. And that's something that holds up today. And that's a, a thing that people do today in their games. I think that is pretty solid. Um, I wasn't aware the story was weak. Because um, this is related to Terranigma and uh, Brain Lord, isn't it? Isn't it like this, this trilogy of games for that company? Not Brain Lord. Uh... Soul Blazer, Illusion of Gaia, Terranigma. Okay. So those three. Um, Soul Blazer does not have nearly as deep a story of Illusion of Gaia. Not by a long shot. Okay. The story of Soul Blazer is basically it comes to the king of whatever world you're trying to save. I don't remember the name of it. Forgive me. Um, he sells the souls of his world to a demon for one gold per soul. I read that, which is and not a good price. Well, <laughs> no. no, inflation. So inflation ultimately he ends up rich as can be with nobody to rule. And right. he ends up being taken as well. So, okay. Um, but uh, he... <laughs> you're sent by... They, they call him the master. I've always referred to him as, as just God, because I mean, that's the play here, right? Uh, God sends a warrior who I've always just considered an angel because he's nameless. He's the soul blader or soul blazer, depending on how you treat it. But he goes down and releases all the souls back into the world and sets things right. And as you explore through, you find out how King Magrid put his thumb down on certain people to take control of things and get his way to be able to reach death toll in the first place, and the, the demon, and then make his deal with him. So you get to see that story unfold more than anything. Okay. I love how he's called death toll. Yeah. He gives one GP per soul, but, which is funny. But okay, so this game, what I thought was neat about it, though, is that it's multiple towns that you get to kind of build up over time, right? As you rescue people's souls, they come back to the town. Yeah. That's a pretty neat aspect, the ability to build up a, a, a town, especially if you're this early. Like, you mm -hmm. see stuff like that in... Uh, is it Legend of Mana that does that, I think, to a degree? Mm, not so much. Maybe. Legend of Mana gives you items to build out the world. Okay. Reach so, look, so that's different then. Yeah. But the idea of an RPG of building a town back up by rescuing the people, that's kind of interesting. I thought that was really, really neat how that was done. So, I don't know. And the music in Soul Blazer is all amazing. Like, there's not one yeah. bad song in that game. In fact, one of the songs yeah. for a dungeon 
I've I've tried telling my friends they don't they don't believe they don't they don't agree with me. But uh, there's a song that sounds just like that. Uh, oh, what the man! I feel like a doofus right now. Uh, yo, I'm not the one who's so far away. It oh, sounds yeah, like yeah, that yeah. song. Uh, Venom or <laughs> from from uh, Godsmack. Godsmack. Yeah, yes. but what's the, what's the name of the song? But it sounds like it has the same bass line as that song. <laughs> well, interesting. <laughs> I think of it every time I hear play the game now, even though I played the game well before I ever heard anything from Godsmack. Yeah, you guys you guys yeah, have also cause... heard Robo's song from Chrono Trigger, yes? Oh yeah. yeah of okay, cool, yeah. yeah. That sounds like yeah. what is going on, werewolf? <laughs> <laughs> Doing the Rick Astley dance. I love it. Okay, sorry. Uh, audio podcast. Audio podcast. Yeah, Bring, bringing guys who look good on radio to video is a very fun transition. Uh, I'm kidding. You guys are gorgeous. Um, for for the interest of time, I will submit my answer as Lufia too. Uh, interesting story. I, I looking at it, and it was the same. Looking at the back of the box. If you grew up playing with Lego and then somebody for your birthday buys you like Play Mobile, there's a disconnect there if you're familiar with those brands. And whenever I, you know, I grew up playing Final Fantasies 4 and 6 and then to see similar but not quite the same looking stuff, uh, it, it was always kind of that like this is the Aldi RPG. But that said, Lufia no. gets a pass because they have a character named Guy. And it's the same reason I like Final Fantasy too. So Lufia too. Thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, I have not played either one of these. I've, I've seen more Soul Blazer than I have Lufia too. Um, I think being such an early title that probably hurts Soul Blazer in terms of the graphics. Although you're right, the music is is great. I think the the music in Lufia too is not that great, but the story, the graphics look a lot better. Lufia two looks like a more polished game. But that's, again, probably the benefits of being out from 96. It's a little bit later in the generation of the SNES. But I'd, I would probably say Lufia 2 as well. Okay. I, I still think it was close. Like, it's hard for me to say Lufia 2 with, with as much as I love Soul Blazer. And with some of the really cool mechanics they made use of in Soul Blazer. Yeah. And that is a title, whenever I'm playing RPGs, a lot of people from Twitch will come out and say, oh my god, have you played Soul Blazer? And they'll they'll mention the other games yeah. in that in that trilogy. And um, I, I know it does have a very, very strong following, and it, it, it's a very good game. Um, so it, it's on the list of things to try, but um, I, this was a good bracket. This is probably closer than most of the, the brackets from the previous bracket episode that we did. Uh, so, yeah, all the respect to Soul Blazer, but uh, it sounds like at least two of us are saying Soul Blazer, or sorry, Lufia 2. Uh, what, what do you officially say there, That's three. Uh, Wolf? Because yeah. I know you're kind of on the fence. Lufia 2. Okay. I got to go with Lufia 2. Yeah. Okay. So Lufia 2 versus Soul Blazer. Lufia 2 wins. Close. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was close. Soul Blazer looks fantastic. Yeah. And I keep saying those three games I really do need to play at some point. But, you know, I got a big backlog. Uh, okay. Next uh, bracket yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah, I do. All right. Uh, 1995's Earthbound versus. One of the Square RPGs, also 96, no, not 95, 96, uh, Super Mario RPG. 
Super Mario RPG versus oh, Earthbound. I have to scream. We're going to hurt some people's feelings with this one, probably. Because um, I have not played Earthbound. I've seen other people play it quite a bit. I know people love the shit out of Earthbound. I don't quite see it oh, myself. It's great. Um, but to me, Super Mario RPG is one of the fantastic RPGs of its time. It's the series, the iFranchise. I really wish Nintendo and Square could kiss and make up and make a new one. Because Paper, Mar Paper Mario is not the same thing. No. Not even close <laughs> to what they did with Super Mario RPG. I love Super Mario RPG. But Earthbound, I know people like. So I don't know. What do you guys think about the two? Have you guys played both of these games? Because I have not. Yes. Uh, is it, I'll, I'll go real quick. Uh, Earthbound, if that were going up against just about any other game on the list, Earthbound is going to win. But Mario RPG, again, just say all, show all my cards up front. I'm, I'm going to vote Mario RPG. But Earthbound is perhaps more than any other RPG on the list or any that I've played, the gift that keeps on giving. Typically, when I play an RPG, I try to 100% it. I do all the things. Um, Earthbound, for the amount that I've played it, I've, I've watched other people play it infinitely more. Cousins, uh, one of my, my, my best friends, Ryan, he's the one who turned me like onto it, onto it. And watching him play it and seeing all the things, following the story, I love it. But I'm always finding out new things about Earthbound, even now, because it's got such a, a, a following and a, a, this cult status. Even just a few months ago, somebody had pointed out, like, you know, you can see the reflection of Ness on the cover, uh, you know, in the visor, the reflection of the visor. Okay, and I see Jake going, wait, what? Really? If you go back and look at it, you'll see what? him clear as day. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I had no clue. So Earthbound is special to me in that I know it, but I, I'm not in-depth with my love for it. But a lot of people in my orbit very much are. And it's one of those games I love hearing people talk about it, and I love watching people play it. So it's great in that way, and I don't want the fact that I'm not voting for that to make people think I hate it because it is such a fantastic game. And so fun and cute, and it's great for every reason. For every, it's, a, it's a 9.2 for me out of a 10. Mario RPG, really? That high? Yes. Mario RPG is probably a 9.5. Um, We've talked before about games where when we were kids, we saved up our own money to go and buy it. I had this thing on layaway at Walmart, and I remember because it was so highly sought after when it came out, um, I, I, I grabbed a copy, and I'm like, here's my 10%, my $6, can you please hold this? And uh, I remember walking out of the Walmart in Dodge City, Kansas, uh, staring at this thing. I was a big boy. I saved up my cash. I paid for it. Went home and I played the fuck out of it. And then at some point, I lost it. Uh, probably some point in high school. Fast forward to the Wii. Uh, I remember I was working at a bank. Because I used to work at a bank. And I had been bored and I was on Wikipedia looking at the upcoming games. And uh, Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars was on there for 10 bucks, And I'm like, 10 bucks for that game? Yes. Uh, took a sick day. <laughs> Went home, downloaded it. It wasn't upcoming games. It was newly released games. And uh, spent spent my, my, my long weekend doing my sick day uh, falling in love with it. So Mario RPG all the way. Yes, please make up and bring back Gino. I need something else with Gino in it. Uh, what a cool character. What a cool story. And what an awesome way to not reinvent the franchise, but to dabble in that and just knock it out of the park they fucking killed it so mario rpg legend of the seven stars all the way so much fun thank you
<laughs> this is a hard bracket for me, but for the opposite reason. I <laughs> so I've played Earthbound. I know people love Earthbound. I tried it for about an hour, and I was just bored, bored out of my mind. I couldn't do it. Um, I think you're muted, GP. But uh, I see. Oh, I'm supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then Mario RPG, yeah, I loved it the first time I played it, but going back to play it again as an adult, I feel like it has not aged as, aged very well. Um, really? It's it's clunky. There oh. are points of the game that are very slow. Um, okay. And, like, there are aspects of the story that just don't hold up. I was never a fan of Gino. <laughs> I think he's a lame character, personally. Wow. Um, I can't stand Mallow. Like, all the yeah. original characters in Mario RPG, I think... Nah, cut them. <laughs> well, now, when I said Mario RPG is a 9.5, uh, 0.4 of that is Malo. <laughs> like, just being, you know... If they took out Malo and replaced him... Yeah, 9.9. Yeah. No. But, uh... I think Mario RPG definitely wins hands down in sound design and graphics. Um, I know it's, it's easy to look at something that's 3d rendered and go, Oh, it still holds up. But I don't think that that's the case with Donkey Kong country. I think it looks terrible when it's this it's, it's effectively the same art style as Mario RPG, but Mario RPG was done in a way that it's aged better. And I think it's because the col- like uh the color choices are less muddied because they went with a lot more solid color in certain places even though it's 3D models. Mm-hmm. Um Earthbound, it looks like a knockoff Charlie Brown and the Peanuts gang to me. Hmm. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> the art style. That's okay. I, eh. Yeah. And I I've never been a fan of the art style. I know it's deliberate and I know some people like it. It's not for me. I just... Nothing about Earthbound has ever truly enticed me. And that's not to say it's a bad game. That's just to say I don't see the appeal in it. And to be honest, not a lot of games get the following like Earthbound does. Undertale is completely inspired by Earthbound. The guy who made Undertale made... Uh, I think an alternate Earthbound game or an Earthbound adventure that takes place after the Earthbound game that sort of bridges the story between Earthbound and Undertale. Oh, I didn't realize so that. That's interesting. He made, like a ROM like, there hack was or Earthbound. He made a ROM hack of Earthbound that was its own standalone story that connected off of Earthbound. And then Undertale is kind of connected to that Earthbound rom hack he made so okay like it came well after the earthbound rom hack but it's it sans is essentially ness i mean <laughs> hmm. it, there's I, I there's connections there that people don't realize but, yeah. so i mean undertale is basically fan fiction of earthbound ultimately and not a whole lot of games get that sort of love yeah. so <laughs> that that makes Earthbound something special for a lot of people. And given that, I think I got to go with Earthbound on this. 
overall because I know a lot of people love this, even though it's not for me. Earthbound is in that way the Rocky Horror Picture Show of video yes, games. That's an amazing analogy. It, yeah. Uh, which also, little trivia bit here about Rocky Horror, is the only Rocky film to not feature Stallone. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at that. I, I already blew my load on the uh, clown balls fart butt thing. So I'm glad that you guys still got a kick out of that one. So thank you. Shout out to Picard. You bring that B material, GP. Oh, always. You bring that B That's material. That's all I have. Yeah. My B game yeah. is my A game. Uh, so yeah, what, what say you, Jake? <laughs> You're the tiebreaker here. Uh, this is tough then because um, <laughs> I'm looking at some video of Mario RPG. And then when you said Donkey Kong Country, Wolf, it triggered some PTSD in me. <laughs> <laughs> and, just this, and then I just see a video snippet there. There's a minecart section of Mario yeah. RPG. And I'm kind of inclined to not like this game anymore. I don't know why. <laughs> now, graphic-wise, um, I'm not a fan of the pre-render stuff either. I don't think it holds up today. Um, the one thing I will say about Earthbound, Earthbound oozes style. That it's it cute. Does. You're right. Totally a knockoff of Peanuts characters. I think that's the intention. But the, the world, the 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 town aspect of it and how they rendered that in pixels still looks good even today. And it's also just off the wall weird. This is the game where you get mushrooms in your head as a status effect, I think, isn't it? Mario RPG? I think it is. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> Earthbound. Yeah. I think it's Earthbound. But anyway, Earthbound's got some weird weirdness to it. Um, I like the battle screen. It's interesting. Um, I think style-wise, it wins more than Mario RPG. But Mario RPG, the idea of taking, for its time, you know, a platforming game and thrusting it into an RPG like a turn-based one, is just great. But more than that, the combat was not dull. It was never boring in Mario RPG because you had that action uh, time mechanic time hits, where if yeah. you hit the button at the right time, yeah, you would get extra damage. Or you could block. That made the battles very engrossing. Yeah. This is a game where we mentioned before, if you're playing an, an RPG modern days on the emulator, you're likely using Fast Forward to skip through the grinding. You kind of don't want to do that in Mario RPG. And when I recently played it, I didn't feel like I had to or wanted to because I wanted to take part in that, that action combat it's fun um you're right about gino and mellow uh wolf i don't like either i could this whole bring back gino to smash i could take it or leave it i don't really care <laughs> it's fine but what i like about it is how it's a, it's a game where you have mario uh no luigi fuck luigi which we know about and then peach and bowser peach and bowser yeah you get to play as bowser peach with the frying pan is fucking hilarious and you get to play as bowser and they take a, a comic spin with bowser Whenever, like, when you first meet Bowser, the, the graphic when he cry, cries with the bouncing mm. tears, I think it's hilarious. He uses a chain jump as a weapon. Very cool. I think it's great. I think there's a lot of charm to Mario RPG. Um, it's got tons of Easter eggs in it. There's a couple that stand out for me. Is uh, the one where you go behind a curtain and you come out as a 8-bit style of Mario. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. When I first found that by accident, I thought that was wild. Mm -hmm. And then, because this is a square game, mm -hmm. there is a hidden boss with a Final Fantasy inspired type boss with Culex. Final Fantasy appropriate yeah, music. Culex. What was his name? His Culex. name was Culex. Yeah. And I do remember a lot of people writing into the magazines at the time saying, what game is he from? He's not. He's an original character. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> he's, he's from Mario style RPG. Final Fantasy. Right. He's got the, the <laughs> elemental crystals. But he's got the four crystals. Yeah. He's yeah. got, uh, yeah. I want to say the FF4. Battle music. Battle music. Is that right? Is that what yeah. it was? I, yeah, yeah. That was, that's, that's it was, mm -hmm. they hit the nostalgia chord very early with that one, and it still worked. 
Well, and at that point, though, is it really nostalgia? It's just referencing other things that are still hot and new and, and, and fresh, right? Well, what year was Mario RPG again? 96. Uh, 96. 90. Final Fantasy IV was 91. 91. So that's, that's yeah. quite a bit. So it was yeah. five yeah. years. Yeah, that's the time most yeah. of my life. Yeah. I'll say this, though. When, when I was a kid, there was certain pop culture information that blew my mind. Like, oh, my God, that's dope. And, of course, we didn't have the Internet, uh, at least not at my house. So I couldn't verify it, but the rumor was that Culix or whatever was the boss or the, the main antagonist in like Final Fantasy 3. Because I just learned that 2 was actually 4 and 3 was actually 6. So, you know, like that was mind-blowing. And so then I thought Culix was a bad guy from 3. And that was also up there with, excuse me, a non-related thing. Dragon Ball Z had like 300 episodes. <laughs> and when I oh, found yeah. that out, because... Tsunami was still only showing like the first 60 episodes and I thought there was like maybe five episodes after that they weren't showing that were too violent. So when I found out there were 300, I'm like, what the fuck? And then I got sent to my room for saying, what the fuck? But it was the same kind of thing with the Final <laughs> Fantasies being two and three were actually four and six and Culix was from three. Anyway, so that was my childhood. Not important. But now you all know that about me. So. I know. Well, yeah, you know, maybe if I played Earthbound, I might speak a little bit differently. And, you know, as, as quirky and as much as I can appreciate the style of it, for me, the, like, again, I've never wanted an RPG franchise to be revived as much as I do for Super Mario RPG. And, like I said, Paper Mario that's come out since then, not the same. Like, as I recently played Origami King, and it's cute. It's weird. I love it. It's not Mario RPG. No. Yeah, I like it yeah. too, but it's not Mario RPG. Um, I really wish they would go back. And because of the relationship between Square and Nintendo and the licensing, Mario RPG is something that's probably never going to happen again, and that's that's kind of sad. Yeah. So, but it's it's something I would definitely I love I love Mario RPG. I think it's great. So I think for my vote would go there. Awesome. I and yeah, so that's, it's a shame Earthbound is out after just one because it, it really that's it for me in the discussion of you know top top stuff. But um, I, I want to talk to anybody who's in our Discord. Put in the uh, the newest episode discussion thread whether or not you knew that about that little hidden nest easter egg on the cover art for earthbound because yeah and starman's visor yeah i had to look that up after you mentioned it that's but he's there right and he's been there the whole time but i want to know how many people knew that i I certainly didn't know before we head on to the next bracket the one thing i remember most about earthbound is because i would look at it when we'd go to walmart you'd see the big oversized box Yep. That, you know, they had the guide over on the shelf or something for people. Like, <laughs> I remember looking through the guide and it had the scratch and sniff in the strategy guide. Really? Or on the guide or something. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> for whatever reason, the marketing for Earthbound, at least in the United States, was all about scratch and sniff stuff. The advertisements <laughs> were like, this game stinks, blah, blah, blah. And then you do the scratch and sniff and they all fucking reeked every single one of them just smelled awful and it was like vinegar and shit is like <laughs> what one of them smelled like it was that bad that's the name of my and, my like, sex they tape. all smelled like vinegar and something for the most part so but i don't know why they went with that advertising campaign yeah. it's such a weird choice but yeah i, I remember the scratch and sniff marketing for <laughs> earthbound most about earthbound I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that on my next book, Scratch and Sniff Marketing. <laughs> Let's bring that trend back. 
they did it in the Nintendo Power ads and everything. It was crazy. When I was in grade two, our teacher used to be like, to get us in line to do what we need to do for class and pay attention to listen, she would dole out stickers like candy. And then the scratch and stick was like the A tier if you did really good in her class. And I remember the ones we kept getting were um, dill pickle, scratch and sniff. It <laughs> just smelled fucking raunchy. But everybody wanted those damn dill pickles, man. Just crazy. <laughs> crazy. All right. Uh, so in the bracket of Mario RPG versus Earthbound, it uh, looks like Mario RPG moves on and Earthbound joins uh, the pile with Robotrek. Clearly the same caliber of game there. Uh Next up here, let me just check this algorithm here as it's generating live as I read this spreadsheet. Funny how this works. Uh, so we got Squaresoft, 1995 Secret of Evermore. Huh. Versus Squaresoft's 1993 Secret of Mana. That's just unfair. <laughs> That's how the algorithm works. I just found <laughs> out, you told me before the podcast, I didn't, I didn't realize this, that Evermore and Mana have the same engine, which I did not realize. Yes. They look so, similar in a lot of ways. Yes. yes. Evermore's development was very quick. Um, yes. One of the guys rushed, Square, right? Square of North America was like, hey, I want to make this game. And they were like, hey, I, want, uh, I don't know. I don't remember how it all came to be, but basically this guy was tasked with making a game. Well, him and his team were tasked with making a game. And I think they had six to nine months to make it yeah and so that's why evermore does not have multiplayer it's only single player even though it's got two characters it should have been two player but that was one of the things they had to leave on the cutting room floor overall the game is really really cool in a lot of ways for being developed so fast but that's because it had the secret of mana engine to be built on so it's all original assets aside from that and I love the fact that it takes, at the time, a modern-day hero, and he's fascinated by old-timey movies, like old sci-fi movies and you know old fantasy movies, things like that. And he ends up getting sucked into a world full of tropes and imagery from these old movies he loves. All the references, yeah, all the pop like culture it, stuff, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's four major areas or something there's like prehistoria mm -hmm. there's um uh what's it? M medieval right where like renaissance time cecil makes an appearance from final fantasy 4 and then oh, you've he? got yeah huh. you have the it's ancient Gothic Egypt of the middle ages yeah pyramids and then and then you've got futuretopia uh, future in space yeah, yeah. futuretopia yeah yeah <laughs> And I love that the dog changes depending on where you're at. Because in the real yeah. world, his dog is just a terrier, I think. But when he goes into this alternate reality, his dog changes depending on the region he's in. So it's like a big, beefy beast dog or a greyhound or um, a poodle or basically a robot toaster. <laughs> we can't go wrong with a robot toaster. No. Um, yeah, I'd want one. This was just a great game. And they left the sound design. They didn't go so much for music as they went for ambient sounds in this game, which was an interesting decision. You get a lot of sounds of nature. So you hear the the animals and the wildlife and the breeze and things like that a lot of times instead of just music everywhere you go. 
Um, the magic system is different than this too, right? Because like I'm looking at between the two, they both have like the ring system for item management and weapons and whatnot. Both have the same real-time combat engine, looks like. But the magic systems are different. So it looks like there's an alchemy system where you combine two items together to get spells. Is that right? Uh, sometimes more than two items. But yeah, you need various ingredients to cast spells based on having the right ingredients to use the spell. And right. then the spell still levels up and gets experience upon using it multiple times. So it's it makes for a pain in the ass in leveling your spells. <laughs> okay, well... That's the same font I think that was on the screen just now. Uh, that is Final Fantasy VI. I'm pretty sure that's the same font. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it looks just like it to me. Also, it, that's a very Marty McFly looking character. Am I right? He is. Yeah. He really is. And then I think I later on there's even like before. a. Oh, see, that's that's totally what I was picking up with because I, I had to watch the video on this one uh, and do a little bit of research and homework. Um, the the soundtrack in this one, I hear what you're saying about the ambient noises, and I could be confusing this with one of the other ones I'm not as familiar with, but the the music at the end of the game for like the final boss fight, it, God, I, I I wrote this down, but I don't know where I left it, uh, was insane. Just a lot of like MIDI double bass, and it was just like this very crunchy heavy metal kind of shit, and I'm like, I am here for this. Uh <laughs> But yeah, again, this is kind of one of those examples of this reminds me of the thing that I love. But ultimately, it's it, for me, it's not going to be the thing that I love, uh, which is Secret of Mana. I, I think that was a great game. It, it wasn't one that I was overly familiar with until the Retrotherapy's second month in existence. Uh, it was myself, KBiz, and Trev1, and we were trying to see how many RPGs we could beat in a month. And uh, How many of you guys played this three-player? Well, no, it was only KBiz and Trev1. I sat out because I was, I was going through uh, Mario RPG and, like, Final ah. Fantasy IV. Uh, and they, they were, KBiz had never played an RPG at all. This was his first ever. And I had never seen it until they played it. And to watch them do it was fun because uh, they were a great tag team. But seeing the style of the game and all that was so new. Like, they, it had a good amount of grind. It had a good amount of... Uh, difficult because they're both very good gamers, but to see them kind of have some struggles with the final fight, you know, because we weren't overly leveled up because we were trying to speed through things, yada, yada, yada. But no, I, I, I for me, it's going to be Secret of Mana, although Evermore, from what I've seen, how fun. And, and yeah, it, it looks and feels like it's in the same universe or the same people as, as Mana, but uh, I, for me, it's, it's Secret of Mana. I remember this game getting panned in reviews when I was a kid, but I'm looking back on the wiki now, and it seems like 33 out of 40 is not bad. Four out of five, 88 out of 100. Yeah, I think everyone. It did seems well like a decent reviews. game. Yeah, um, I mean, everybody's saying it's not Final Fantasy IV, which that's fine. I don't think Secret of Mana is on the same level as Final Fantasy IV either, personally. Um, I actually don't like Secret of Mana really, um, like at all. I tried playing it recently. I, I can't get into it. It's funny because like I love Final Fantasy Adventure, which is like the prequel to that game. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> but something about the combat system and mana, I don't like. I don't like having to wait to charge a weapon attack. But I guess Secret of Evermore has that same mechanic, right? Where you don't do yeah. full damage unless you charge it up. Um. Well, you do. You don't do full damage unless you let it hit one hundred percent again. Right. Like if you just yeah. swing, 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 same. swing, swing, you're gonna do like zeros and ones. Yeah. But. 
And that's what you I let hate it hit one hundred percent. You do a solid strike, and then you have to actually charge up, hold the button, and do a, a long charge to do a stronger attack. And depending on how many times you let the bar charge, that's you know the, the move, move the move changes, and sometimes it'll do more yeah. or less depending on the enemy that you're targeting. Can I say something real quick? Yeah. And just watching the video in this in this in this panel, the dude is talking to his dog, who apparently just reincarnated for the time. And he's like, okay, if you're really my dog, you'll fetch this stick. And he throws the stick. You can't gauge whether or not it's your dog based on a dog doing something dogs normally do. Again, not to, not to put too fine a point on it, but you can't go up to somebody and be like, if you have any hard candies, you're my grandma. You can't just go up to any old person and say that because <laughs> they're going to have hard candy. And you can't just go up to a dog and be like, Yo, if, you, if you get this stick, you're my dog. That's not how the system of ownership should work, I suppose. Anyway, the dog gets the bone, and now he's walking around hitting plants with this. But I just had to interject there, because that, that was bizarre. Thank you. I don't know. Maybe I like hard candy. Maybe I like Werther's original. Every, everyone does. But uh, you, you can't base <laughs> who, you, who your grandparent is by just willy-nilly yeah. saying, hey... <laughs> I know. I just look at the story between the two, and I bounced pretty hard off Mana when I played it recently. Again, I just couldn't get into it. The music is definitely better than Evermore, but again, I think Wolf, what you said about the sound design, I think there's a conscious choice. I hope it's a conscious choice to kind of give a backseat to the music and focus on the sound effects. Um, character design wise, the main guy in Mana I think looks stupid. I don't like his little headband hat thing. I don't like little flaps on the ears. I find that gross. Ear flaps are out, dude. Little, yeah, no, they're they're they were never in, <laughs> retro or not. Uh, the little imp thing's an asshole in the worst possible way. Uh, and like, I don't, I never liked how the story in Mana. You basically like raised by this dude in a village. You're like his son. You pull one fucking sword when you're not supposed to, and they exile you from your home village. Yes, they exile it- you. I, that never Se- sat right with me. Secret of Mana falls victim to so many fantasy RPG tropes, it's ridiculous. It's it's near constant. You are always yeah. in the middle of a trope. Okay, but <laughs> when you deviate from certain things, you end up with very thin layers of bullshit that are transparent. That's how thin they are. And easy to see through. For example, if you're not in the middle of a trope, you end up saying some shit like, if you're my dog, you'll go fetch this stick. So give me the tropes. Okay, but... Give me the tropes instead of, if you're my dog, go fetch this stick. Can you imagine... It, Evermore took chances. It took big chances on where it, it takes the story that is non-standard for RPGs, even today. Like, right. it takes this kid who's, you know, his dog runs into an old abandoned mansion in town they they say that the location is Podunk, USA. So they're just letting you know it's like some nowhere town in the middle of the US, right? <laughs> he runs into this mansion trying to find his dog, ends up turning on some machinery, zap, he's in an alternate reality. It's Tron. This alternate reality, when he's first there, it's all prehistoric. Mm-hmm. And all the people are afraid, like they're afraid of fire and magic and technology and all these things because they're all prehistoric minded. And this world was created by the little girl who runs the area of that world. 
Are you just telling me what's on the screen right now? Because this is syncing up very well. No, this is her imagination (laughs) is what brought this to life. This is things she was into. So it created it. And so there were four people that went to this alternate reality during an experiment. And they each got their own piece of the world that's styled after something they were really into. Mm. So the queen of um, the medieval area, she was really into medieval, fancy, stuff like that. Um, I don't remember the character who was in charge of the ancient Egyptian area. And then, you know, you get the scientist who invented all the stuff. He's the one in charge of Futurtopia. And his robot butler is ultimately the villain because he doesn't want to go back to reality and be a butler. (laughs) He likes being powerful and in charge and controlling things around this world instead of just being... Fetch me tea, you know? Yeah, Simpsons did it. I'm, I'm kidding, of course. Those are all very good points. <laughs> Do you know who the composer so, is for Secret of Evermore? It can only be one of like I three used people. To, and... It's Jeremy's soul. Oh, never mind. He's like, he's, I mean, he's an asshole in real life, but his body of work, like he did Guild Wars, uh, Morrowind. I think he did Oblivion. Like he's a legendary composer. I did not realize the... he did Evermore. This is his first video game project. Oh, wow. The music in Evermore is all beautiful. Like, there's not a single bad piece of music in Evermore. Some of it can be considered a little dull because that's the place it's used at. And, like, in Prehistoria, it's all very percussion-heavy and not much else. Oh. Whereas, you know, depending on the area, the the music sort of reflects the area, so you get new instruments. I may have misunderstood you earlier. When you had said that the music is very ambient, were you talking about Evermore or Mana? Evermore. Oh, okay. Okay. Then never mind. We're good. Because Evermore has very pretty music, mm-hmm. but the music does, it, it's not music everywhere. Sometimes you're in an area and you just hear gotcha. the ambient sound of the okay. nature around. So it's really cool. I thought it was neat. Yeah. I'll be I honest, guys. I think the only thing I like about Secret of Mana is that a couple of the enemies are sprites from Final Fantasy Adventure, whatever that was originally <laughs> called. And the cannon travel. I think cannon travel is the most hilarious thing I've seen in the game in a long Since time. Since Donkey Kong Country, right? Because they have barrel uh, travel. You're right. That's just another mark i got to put against Secret of Mana. D- d- double standards. Right. Okay. Keep it consistent. That's all I'm Secret saying. Secret of Evermore. Secret of Evermore is, is what I would pick. I, 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 I have to appreciate the music more now that I realize that Jeremy Soul is behind it. I have to listen to this more. But I think the story, to me, is more interesting in Evermore. I know it's not as polished as Mana, but again... Short time frame, American studio. But I, I think I like the take of this. Like, it's very, you don't see, okay, it's so easy for an RPG to have those fantasy tropes, right? They try to do something a little bit different with this one. Um, I see, like, shades of Chrono Trigger in this. I think I think my pick would be Secret of Evermore. Okay. I'm going to make some enemies on this one, but I got to go Evermore too. And that's, it's, it's very close. Hmm. However... In Secret of Mana, there are multiple points where I've gotten stuck and not been able to progress. And even the final boss, back on Super Nintendo, I could never figure out how to beat it. I never beat Secret of Mana until the PS4 version. Oh, really? Because I could not figure out how to beat the final boss. I could, I've, I've played through Secret of Mana on SNES probably three times, maybe four. Never able to beat the boss. Hmm. So... There's something they did not properly convey 
in the original Secret of Mana for a couple of points where it was easy to get stuck or lost. And evermore, I never had that problem. Right. I think that's ultimately how it comes down because everything else, it's, it's a close matchup. The multiplayer in Mana is great, but it can also be a detriment if the person you're playing with is overly frustrating. Sure. Right. Okay. So I got to go ever more okay. on this one. All right. Okay. All right. Well, Secret of Mana versus Secret of Evermore. Secret of Evermore actually surprisingly wins. I didn't expect that. I, yeah. Okay. I shouldn't be shocked. You guys right. do this kind of shit to me all the time. So whatever. <laughs> we do not. You know what? I, I tried to pick Earthbound. I tried, even though I don't care for it. Yeah, well, I can respect what it is. So we we don't. I'm trying to be impartial here. We don't want it all to be incredibly predictable. So that's fine. No. Uh, okay, so two brackets left. All right. Yeah, I'm nervous here because there's only four games, and I'm I'm <laughs> very scared about one potentially. So let's hear it. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it's not like I make these ahead of time. It's all randomly allocated as I look at this sheet. As it pulls I still it up. don't know if you're being serious or you're trolling. Yeah. Uh, Squaresoft's sure Final Fantasy VI versus Squaresoft's Final Fantasy IV. Don't no. No, no. That that would be that would be crazy. No, the <laughs> algorithm would never do that. No, it's Shadowrun. It's Final Fantasy VI versus Shadowrun. Ah. And I know we're just gonna all say Final Fantasy VI. R.I.P. Shadowrun. Yeah, but but. <laughs> So I think I think Shadowrun is my pick, and I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I have not played the Super Nintendo version. So real quick, the Shadowrun RPG I played was on the Genesis, and the Genesis Shadowrun is okay, fucking fantastic. Stop, stop. You can't. And I would love for, to have it on this you list. Can't vote for a Genesis game on a SNES discussion. You can't do it. And beating Final Fantasy VI, Jake. <laughs> I'm just saying Shadowrun on the Genesis is a fantastic game, but. The two games are completely different. It's not even a port. The Shadow One version, the story, the characters, the, the mechanics, totally different than the Genesis version. I just felt like we needed more future-based RPGs on this list. That's why Robotrek had to be on here and Shadow Run had to be on here. Because I didn't want this to be so fantasy-heavy. I want some variety. Okay. I'm not saying Shadowrun's better than Final Fantasy VI. We know that's it's what your vote is for. Hell, I mean, that's what literally your what your vote means. That is what this episode. Now I hear you. <laughs> Tekken for you know the Dreamcast is a great game, but I'm not going to vote for that here because it's not. That's not what this vote is. <laughs> so I mean, if you're just doing this for shocks, you got me. I don't know if you can tell no. by my my heart rate right now or the tone of my voice, but what? It's fine. I love Shadowrun. I'm saying Shadowrun. Okay, good. Shadowrun want... is a good game. It's a fun yes. game. It's an interesting game. I love what it accomplished. I love what it was going for. I love everything about this game. But it's not Final Fantasy VI. Final Fantasy VI has heart-wrenching moments that make you want to cry. It has exciting moments that you're like, oh, shit, what's going on? You know, it, it surprises you a lot which is not something you expect from an RPG, especially back in the SNES era. It's It takes you on an actual journey, and your heroes lose before they ultimately win. Yeah. yeah. Kepka so, succeeds, and that is yeah. one of the biggest moments in video game history, uh, as far as I'm concerned. The bad guy wins, and then you have to 
live in the world after that for half the game. And yeah, I don't want to cut you off. You keep going. I'll, I'll jump in in a minute. I just, I think it's so beautifully done. And you even get to see the, how broken your heroes are in the new world after they've lost. And then you get, you, you get to see them sort of rebuild each other up again and try to find hope where they once had none. It's, it's a beautiful story. Six nailed it. It's got a, it's got great mechanics. It's buggy as hell in some ways. I they but square six, really dropped yeah. the ball on the magic defense or magic evasion. Or oh like yes, okay. but those are things they, that have been fixed in other ports and things like that. You know, this is yeah, true. Zone so, X, yeah. But we're talking specifically right, about the Super Nintendo version. So or the Genesis version. I mean, it's what's broken is broken. <laughs> The Genesis version of Final now, Fantasy VI. That's my vote. I and I, I got to say yeah. this. I think I think this has to be a meme thing. I think this is something that Jake has to do every time we do a bracket thing, where he mentions no. a game that barely fits or sits on just outside. <laughs> I think what was it? Spot you did spot for platformer, right for the NES. So yeah, hey, that's totally a platforming game. I, I so look, you guys so walk the definition. We walk together through that journey, and we determine that your, a board game is just a platform. What's your favorite? So. What's your favorite SNES <laughs> RPG? What's that Genesis game that I like so much? God dang it, dude! So well, this goes this, to show you how is, few a, RPGs on the SNES I've played. This is a right? point and click. First off, <laughs> yes, but it's also an RPG. Though. Yeah, I is like. This I'm, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm not Shadowrun. Yeah, the, Angel I, in Vampire form. Sorry, you talking about Joss Whedon's <laughs> the hero of Sh- yeah, yeah, the hero of Shadowrun. He looks like Angel David in Borealis. his vampire form from yeah. <laughs> and I, I've always been of the At opinion least the hero that you have got in this one. Well, there okay, he, he, he looks more like Spike actually from the uh, the, the yeah. Wayne he looks version. like Spike. That's uh, true. Yeah. Okay, so Shadowrun. There were certain things growing up that always gave me the creeps. Certain types of like animation, like if you ever saw that cartoon movie. Uh, Heavy metal. That kind of animation always fucked yes. me up. Uh, the the animation for the Radiohead music video Paranoid Android always messed with me. Certain things. Shadowrun always did that to me. And so I I've actually not played this one. Uh, I've watched it and I'm familiar enough with it to be able to to give a vote here for Final Fantasy VI. But uh, Shadowrun, I mean, it's it's cool and it's on my radar, but it's never been one where I've been like I I gotta go and try that because uh, there's just something about it that's creepy to me and and for that reason not accessible uh something that transferred and followed with me i guess is what i should say from from childhood uh it's cool it's very stylized um from what i've watched i've always been entertained uh but i mean it, it's it's not near qualified to to go up against final fantasy 6 um yeah to, to, i do want to say for Shadowrun, yeah. the best there's a lot of lore to the Shadowrun universe. It is based on a tabletop RPG, which I played okay. when I was younger. So there's a lot of lore that I can draw from, and it it's decent. My I have a lot of fun memories of Shadowrun, the PC trilogy <laughs> that came out not too long ago, where they're also they're like tactical RPGs and they're fucking fantastic. So much like the Genesis version, the Shadowrun games I've played are pretty good. Unfortunately, I've not played this okay. one. But I assume it's good. Okay. But yes, it's not going to beat Final Fantasy VI. I have a question, and it's not going to sound related, but there's a point here, Jake. What's your favorite chocolate candy? Is it Starburst? 
<laughs> it might just be. It might uh, just be. Sorry. I'm a lemon lime chocolate uh, adjacent flavor. Uh, yeah, anyway. Chocolate adjacent. You're thinking of nougat. Uh, uh, no, anyway. Um, I, I want to say this, yeah, though. Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. yeah. Six wins. Um, even if I have to vote three times, six wins. But I, I, I want to say to what Wolf was saying about the characters have to re-find hope. And this is going to sound so... Uh, after school special, but do you know where they find hope? In each other. And that is like, that's the redemption. You can have nothing. You could have survived the apocalypse and all you have are your friends, but maybe that's enough. And in, in the case of Final Fantasy VI, it absolutely is. And it's the other thing, you know, it's not set in stone how you play that game, especially in the world of Ruin. You don't got to go and collect all the people. I think there's only three people you have to get. And uh, the speedrunners who do like the minimal percentage, they'll just beat it with them on like a low level, and it's stupid. But you can do that if that's, that's what crazy you're shooting. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I I've gotten emotional and like weepy, uh, and I want to show love to Pulse 109. Uh, the last time I watched somebody else play six, I've played it on stream my own since then. But probably the best I've uh, one of the best playthroughs on Twitch I've ever seen of six was Pulse 109. He he played it and he beat it and then at the end it was almost like we all just kind of sat there and chat and just kind of took it in watching the ending the ending is is so rewarding and it's the definition of one of those games where it's done but you don't want it to be done you don't want to leave these characters it's that melancholia that comes after you finish watching your comfort show you just turn around and start it over uh so uh, six Six wins for me. I'm not going to get yeah. into it further than that because I will. I'll talk way too save long. It, save it for the next bracket. Yeah. Yes. Six. Okay. So Final Fantasy VI versus Shadowrun. The algorithm is cruel. Final Fantasy VI wins. But Our last only bracket. because it's an RPG on the SNES. <laughs> if if Shadowrun were actually that, maybe we'll have a talk. If this was best so, RPGs, period, I would have fought harder for Shadowrun for okay, sure. Okay. 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 Right, before so... this, before we touch on this bracket, one of these games is a mystery game to us. So we knew about all the games. Jake told us all the games except for one. We have a guess, though, yeah. and we both think um, it's the same thing. Right, Wolf? You and I both think it's... Well, I don't know. Like, my guess is um, Zelda 3, Breath of Fire, or Ultima. That's all I can figure. Yeah. Is it Zelda 3? Link to the Past. Yeah, Link to the Past. It's uh... Zelda 3. If that's not what it is, that's a shame that this is, that game's not on this list. Well, I want you guys to tell me, before I reveal the mystery game, <laughs> I would like you guys to define for me what an RPG is. Uh, Link to the Past. Because you guys <laughs> took so much offense at my defining and platforming. You guys tell me what the fuck an RPG is. <laughs> well, it's not just it that it's the RPG. <laughs> it's that it's on the Super Nintendo as well. Like, the <laughs> list, as I'm looking at it, is titled SNES RPGs. Don't, That's what had me laughing about yeah, Shadowrun. Wait, wait, wait. Don't tell me it's Cool Spot. <laughs> is it Cool Spot? <laughs> no, it's not Cool Spot. Okay. Fuck, I'm not, a, I'm not an asshole. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I don't even like Cool Spot. Yeah. That's barely even a platform. That, that That's not supposed to be a legitimate more platform. more of a platformer than Spot. <laughs> that would have been the ultimate troll. I, I disagree. <laughs> No, like it generally RPGs. What what defines an RPG? 
well, before today's list, I probably would have said group adventure being one of the qualities. But there are one or two here where you're basically just the one character, um, Evermore yeah. being one of them. Uh, so that is a great question. I guess for me, typically... Uh, fuck. The adventure aspect, roaming around, being able to interact with NPCs. Uh, usually there's item collection or shopping that is involved. Um, but usually I, I think most of it is that, that old adage of the journey is the reward, not the destination. So you have the beginning of the game, you have the ending of the game, and everything in the middle grows. So you're not the same at the end as you were at the beginning. Whereas like with a platformer, you are the same character in the same situation. You just save the princess and that's basically it or what have you. Right. So I guess kind of sort the of journey a... aspect for me is the defining thing of an RPG. Okay, yeah, somewhat of a grand scale journey with uh, stat ups or equipment upgrades. A Probably robot, a maybe. A robot character. Yeah, you guys are so loose for this definition. I really could have put Cool Spot in here <laughs> and I could have fought that. No. <laughs> I mean, it would have been better than Shadowrun. All right. Well, to reveal the mystery game is Final Fantasy IV versus. Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Yeah, it's Zelda 3. Okay. I mean, I couldn't think of anything else. But I think this is, unlike cool, unlike Spot the Board Game, I think Legend of Zelda Link to the Past could very well be considered an RPG. It may not have experience points. It may not have experience points, but it, has, it definitely has the adventure. It has the equipment. The journey is all about Zelda. Like The ending to Zelda is fairly low-key. Nice. Uh... I think Legend of Zelda, with its musical score, with the variety of enemies, you're traveling through dungeons, it has real-time combat, much like Secret of Mana and Evermore and a few other games on this list. So it's not a turn-based classic RPG, but I think it's totally an RPG game in spirit, yeah. and I think it qualifies I've, for this list. I've always considered the Zelda games to be action RPGs, which, I mean, ultimately, it's yeah. still an RPG. Agreed. I mean, one could make the argument that not quite, like, a dwarf planet like pluto is a dwarf planet not a planet i mean the name planet is still in the name fuck it it's a planet to me it's a planet <laughs> you know i told my it's, kids it's a small teacher, planet it's a but it's still planet. a planet it's a planet yeah. it's a dwarf planet a dwarf person is still a person fuck off i uh yeah i kind of feel like <laughs> to take away the rights from the dwarf planets that's not like that's not nice i kind of feel like metaphors are my thing and please stay away from <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding the dwarf planet, <laughs> that, that tracks i like it um, but yeah, it's Zelda is an action RPG in my mind. 100%. It doesn't necessarily have the hard stat ups, but I mean, you do get equipment upgrades. You do get more health. Yeah. yeah. You do ultimately do more damage because of your equipment upgrades. So it's, it, ha it has a lot in line with RPGs in yeah. general. So. Yeah. Um, I, I like that these two are together. Um, and actually, as I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm not sure how I'm going to vote. I, because the question is, same thing as last time, is it which one do we like better or is it which one is probably the, the better game? Uh, because for me, those are two two different, potentially two different answers. Um, that said, though, I, I, I use these two games in the same discussion a lot because I'm a hypocrite. Uh, if Final Fantasy IV has a secret passageway that has absolutely no... Like, if you hadn't seen somebody else do it, or if you hadn't read about it, there'd, there'd be no reason for you to know it's it's there, right? You have to stumble across it. If Final Fantasy IV does that, I'm like, that's fucking brilliant. They put that there. I didn't know it was there. That's genius. 
But I did my first playthrough of Link to the Past about two and a half years ago. And people are like, oh, you got to bomb that wall. I'm like, how the fuck would I know that's there? That's stupid. I hate that. So I'm a hypocrite in that way. Uh, that said, Link to the Past was one of the few games. This is part of my official review. Because it was a blind run for me. Um, or first playthrough. Uh, it's one of the few games that people love that actually held up to the expectation, to its its reputation. Same thing with Chrono Trigger. I started that January 1st of last year. And when I was done, yeah. I was like, what have I been doing? It's like when I discovered ham gravy five years ago at uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> I didn't know that existed. And I've wasted 31 years of my life not knowing about ham gravy. And so Link to the Past, Chrono Trigger yeah. are my ham gravy games. Uh, so anyway, Final Fantasy IV for me... But again, that said, these are 9.8 versus like a 9.78 type of stuff. Link to the Past, one yeah. of the few games that has a rabid cult following, and it should. Uh, but again, if we're talking personal favorites, hands down Final Fantasy IV. If we're talking better games, there's no wrong answer there. But I, I'm leaning Final Fantasy yeah. IV. Thank you for letting me go on. They're both great games. But when we look at like what game holds up more today, like I've said before, Final Fantasy IV, I bounce off of. I tried playing it again this past week um, for preparation for this episode, and I, I can't. I don't like the, the combat feels bad and grindy. I don't. I don't like the the battles. Like Final Fantasy VI is much the same, but some of the characters and the music and the theme of VI still holds up for me, mm. much like Chrono Trigger holds up with me still today. Final Fantasy IV to me is just not aged well. And I just cannot get into it. Mm. Link to the Past, that's like my top three games, I think. I think it was my top three. <laughs> I should know that. Um, the the sense of wonder, the... Excuse me, I'm sick. The sense of wonder, the adventure, the the exploring of dungeons, and all the different characters and you, you encounter, the, the monsters, the bosses. That game still looks amazing today, still feels amazing to play. I love playing it. It's, it's something I can sit down and bang out in three, four hours, no problem. The adding on of the randomizer to it yeah. takes you to a whole cool. new level. That's fun as hell. Uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past is a fantastic game to me. If this was Link to the Past versus Final Fantasy VI, it'd be a much harder decision for me. But against four, it's it's an easy for me. For me, four is like an eight out of ten, where Zelda is like a nine point five. Well, and so for me, it'd be Link to the Past. The the puzzles in Link to the Past hold up as well. Like even as a grown man who did his first playthrough a couple years ago. I still had to think about it. And so I, I was very, very happy with that. I don't have anything bad to say about it except for with all the Zelda games, when your health gets down to a certain point, it just the constant beeping gets annoying. But again, that's nitpicking yes. and that's something that whatever, it's 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 Zelda. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, no no hatred for anybody who would choose Link to the Past over 4 for that one. Um, yeah. it, it's a fantastic like game. Music-wise... They're both fantastic. Like I, I can't. I, I, the first thing I noticed when I started at four, the opening scene with Red Wings and that that anthem plays. That's awesome. That's awesome. Right. It's just fantastic score, and the game is full of fantastic music. But so does yeah. Link of the Past. Link of the Past has fantastic score too. Well, and to kind of take it one step further, and then I'll shut up because I, I want to hear what Wolf has to say, as I, I know everybody else does. Um, is four took Final Fantasy in a different direction. If you look at one, two, and three, they look and play a certain way. Four was, it, it wasn't like twice as good. It was 90 times as good as those other ones. Even though, you know, like the, the, the jump between the NES to the Super Nintendo 
you know, was what it was. What they did with four was a completely faithful adaptation of what they were doing, but in a completely new direction that elevated that whole franchise to a different level that it could have been before. Whereas Link to the Past was a much more polished version of that, that same kind of new direction, that same idea of this is what we wanted to do with this. This is Link to the Past is everything that they could do for the Super Nintendo. Like it's, I don't think that they could have done much more to this game without making it worse. Does that make sense? Like, it's as polished as Zelda can be. I don't know if there's a, such a... When I look at Final Fantasy versus Final Fantasy IV mm-hmm. and Final Fantasy or Zelda versus Link to the Past, mm-hmm. the jump in, in generation is about the same to me. Mm. They're both taking an incredible leap forward for the platform. Right. And doing it. They're, they're still the familiar themes from before. But again, I've not played, I guess Final Fantasy IV is a sequel to three on the NES, which I did not play. I, so I, I can only reference it to the original Final Fantasy, which is probably not that fair. Well, let me let me say it um, this way then. What, was there another Zelda game for the Super Nintendo? No. Right. So if they had made one, would it have been this good or could they have improved it? I don't know. This is as good as this could have been. Well, Whereas you have Final Fantasy IV, which is great and amazing. They did improve upon it with six. Do you think five is better than four? No, but that doesn't count. And here's why. That's not on the list. <laughs> <laughs> like five is not a bad game. No. I actually like five a lot of ways more than four. Five is, but it's not better than five four. Five is, is the paramount. It is the top of the mountain for what the job class version of Final Fantasy could have been up to that point. It is the improved version of three with a better story. The improved version of of Link to the Past is probably maybe Link's Awakening, at least story wise. The narrative of Link's Awakening is fantastic, mm-hmm. but mechanically there isn't much change from from Link to the Past. Gotcha. I don't know. If we're looking at this, the games here, Final Fantasy IV, Link to the Past, mm-hmm. uh, Link to the Past for me. So yeah. I think maybe it comes down to Wolf. I, I could live with so, either one of these winning, honestly. They're both good games. So, I may not like four that much, but I could totally appreciate how awesome the game is for people. Yeah, same. Yeah, there's no bad answer here. So both of these games kind of did the same thing for their respective franchises. Zelda 1 and 2 largely let you wander the countryside. 2 is a little more linear than 1, but, I mean, they still just kind of let you wander for the most part. They give you vague hints on where to go. Um. Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 3, very inspired by tabletop RPG mechanics. 4, they were like, okay, let's let's take the character customization and backseat it and make them hard archetypes and really focus on the storytelling instead. So 4 is where the story really got its game upped in terms of storytelling in a Final Fantasy game. And... Three Zelda three, Link to the Past. It it kind of did the same thing. Zelda three is a guided tour around Hyrule, where you're given all sorts of backstory and interesting characters and things like that. And <laughs> it's it makes Zelda three a very linear game for the most part. I mean, theoretically, you can make it not as much, but ultimately, you still kind of have to go through the dungeons in the order that they come in. Like, you have to go one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, and so forth, so on and so forth. So, they're both very linear for their franchises at the time. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Um, Zelda 3 has a lot more secrets. 
Final Fantasy IV was very dumbed down for Western audiences. The secret passageways, for the most part, are totally visible. Right. <laughs> yeah. North American version, it's the easy which time. is yes. dumb. Yeah. It's it's not even turned the brightness up. It's literally you can see a line that's a totally different color that you could just. What is yeah. that? Oh, let me go check that out. Ooh, what a secret passage. Um. I'm glad they did that though, because if they did not do that, I wouldn't have found anything. In, this in is true. Final Fantasy IV. For ten-year-old no me, Final Fantasy IV was my first RPG, and I was like, "Oh, cool, secret passages!" I thought it was the coolest thing in the world because I was ten. It was my first JRPG. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I was new to it. I was young and dumb. <laughs> but I, I still to this day love four. Soundtrack, hands down. Yeah. I got to give it to Final Fantasy IV over Zelda Three. They both have great soundtracks. Four has a bigger soundtrack that's great. All right, so we <laughs> you, yeah. more iconic pieces of music. Four wins. It's, Let's move it's on. It's quality <laughs> and quantity on that one. Stop with the words. Four um, wins. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> the story for the time Final Fantasy Four has Zelda beat. Yeah, it's way deeper. It's more interesting. You got aspects of Star Wars, you know, and and by that I mean like secret relatives in the villains that you didn't realize were a relative right oh yeah that's a good point unfortunately yes. they had to put they twist. had to leave a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor for that story which is a bummer but it's still more interesting than zelda's story there right. the the only thing that zelda has beat for me in terms of this is that i can pick up zelda and just play through it it's easy to pick up and just play through it once Final Fantasy IV, I got to be in the mood to play an RPG. I got to be in the mood to go through all the the story and the mechanics and all that and sit through a longer game. Right. So it's a trade-off, but I... (sighs) Give it to me. Come on. I love me Final Fantasy IV. I love me Zelda III. GP's going to have a stroke. I got (laughs) to give it to Final Fantasy IV on this one. It's close, but it's like... It's wow. this close. Yes, it's razor thin. <laughs> it's 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 literally photo finish, look under the microscope finish. It's four. If you're my dog, you will vote Final Fantasy four. <laughs> <laughs> Arf. Arf. I mean, it's nowhere that's original, but okay. <laughs> no, seriously, I right. I don't know that they're even with the the previous uh, episode bracket thing that we did. I I don't think that many things will be closer than those two. Okay. All right. Uh, you Lightning know, I'm glad you guys think bracket. that because, yeah, because Le- Legend of Zelda, I thought was you guys would just dismiss it right away. I'm glad you guys. Didn't. Now, before we move on right, to the so next bracket, can we keep the Final Fantasy IV video going? <laughs> I, I want to watch it. I love this game. <laughs> well, okay, just, we'll leave the that. The music we'll is in my head, just looking at this. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're going to do the semifinals really quickly, yeah. and then we get to the finals. So, semifinals: Chrono Trigger versus Lufia Two. Ah, Chrono Trigger. Chrono. I, like, yeah. Right. Chrono does everything Lufia does, but better. And even reviews I looked at yeah. this week would make mention of similar things. Like Chrono Trigger is again much like Zelda. Chrono Trigger, I don't care if it's thirty hours long; I could totally pick it up and play any day of the week, no problem, and have fun. Lufia Actually, Two is more of an investment. Chrono Trigger is more like fourteen to twenty-two hours when you know what you're doing. Oh, is it? Okay, mm-hmm. so then, yeah, not it's pretty light. Kind of bite size. So the the eighty hours right. I pumped into it on my first playthrough were. It was a little bit much. That was your first playthrough. That's all it is. Okay, it's, cool. When, cool, cool, cool. when you've yeah. played through it before, it's it's under a 25-hour game for sure. Well, I'm, I'm going to start up yeah. on another run of, of Chrono Trigger here in the upcoming weeks because 
I only played it the once, wrong. and there's still so much more to do. But anyway, let's... You got the endings to go through. Yeah, so anyway. many endings. Yeah. Super Mario RPG versus Secret of Evermore. Well, no, I didn't even vote for Evermore to begin with, so RPG. <laughs> I heard Secret of, and I... I'm like, ah. So, yeah. I gotta Mario. go Evermore on this one. Jake? I had I have more fond memories of Evermore. I had more fun with Evermore. Now, be honest, Jake. Don't just say... Really? Don't just go with Wolf because I shat on the whole Shadowrun thing. <laughs> No, as funny as it would be to see the vein pop out of your forehead, GB. No, it, like, Mario RPG for me. Okay. Yeah, like, it's... Evermore, as again, I haven't even played it. I've only watched videos of it. Um, I, I want to play it. I think it looks better than Mana to me, because Mana I did not like very much. And I did not like the combat of Mana at all. This is like that. So, Mario RPG, the combat is fun. Graphic style is dated. But the music, the characters, the story... The gameplay in Mario RPG is far superior for me, so Mario RPG. That dog would destroy Gino. Come on, man. <laughs> well, that's why I never had him in my party. It was, it was always uh, Peach and Bowser and Mario, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck Luigi. All right, this one, Final Fantasy VI versus Final Fantasy IV. I, I, you, he, not me. The algorithm almost gave you out. If you picked Zelda, this could have been a whole other conversation, but no. Mm. You guys went with Final Fantasy IV, mm. and now it's Final Fantasy IV versus VI. Mm. The Widowmaker. So again, if if I'm saying objectively which game is better, uh, I, I, I can't even get the words out. But then again, like Jake just got done saying, well, I don't even like this game. So if we're saying which game do we like more, <laughs> I mean, fuck. Let me go last. You guys go first. I, I mean, I'll, I'll go I'm, first here. You want to go? Yeah. Okay. I am a firm believer in, I think Final Fantasy VI is ultimately the better game. I love me Final Fantasy IV. I think, to me, Final Fantasy IV is more memorable, iconic. I have more fun with it. I'm more willing to pick up four than six. That said, I feel like six beats four in almost every aspect, mechanically, musically, storytelling, all of it. Oh, I don't know about music, just, though. Four has a closer... <sighs> place in my heart six so six has dancing I, mad potentially the greatest final fantasy song of all time next to the prelude objectively i have to give it to six jake i'm just playing with the video of six because i want to just i'm hoping it comes up i i i know what jake is going to say and i'm thrilled for what jake's answer is going to be jake yeah you go and then i'll go so like like i'll say like i, I can appreciate final fantasy four for people who like it, the story definitely has some interesting beats. You go to the fucking moon in a giant whale. That's pretty cool. I'm all about the weird. But Final Fantasy VI also has weirdness, but it has more emotion, I think, in the story. Like the opening scene of Final Fantasy VI, when you're Terra with a crown on her head and the two soldiers in the mechs going across the tundra of snow, that's the first five minutes of the game. And it's so impactful with the music and the score and this, the, the Mode 7 graphics used right for once, right? Who ever thought I'd say that about Mode 7? The opening scene is just iconic uh, for setting the scene of that game. And the game is full of moments like that, right? There's there's a dozens of moments where it's just like, am I playing Final Fantasy? Is this actually a Final Fantasy game, right? The, the raft, when you're going down the raft to the rapids and you're fighting mobs as you go to the... All the moments you split the party into multiple parties and you're going off in different directions. The final boss, for fuck's sake, so it's a giant tower of the gods, is just an awe-inspiring scene. It's just really just a spectacle. And each of these moments is just very emotional. 
Like, I mean, the, the scene with uh, Sarah's and Locke doing the opera scene, yeah. right? Like, how much emotion can you, you think you're actually going to get out of chiptunes for opera singing? But it totally works. However they do it, they manage to squeeze it out. It works so well. And you know what? It's funny. They just released those Pixel remasters. The reason I don't want to play them is I'm really worried what they did in 6 to that one scene. I'm worried that they're going to do something stupid like put in like actual opera singing in that scene. They probably don't. But part of me is worried they would, and that's enough to scare me off the entire fucking Pixel remasters. Because, like, just what they did with Six was so amazing for what they did with the technology. And just so many great moments, right? The scenes with with uh, Doma's poisoning, right? The moments there with CN, it's just, just gut-wrenching. Like, I've never felt yeah. so much emotion, right? You never almost shed that tear uh, in any other Super Nintendo game, right? I think it was Super Nintendo, and the next time I had a game where I was that emotional over, I had that kind of reaction to was later on with Bioshock and the PC, uh, Bioshock Infinite on PC. There was a huge gap of multiple consoles where no game really hit me as hard as Final Fantasy VI. So Final Fantasy VI, for me, is hands down the winner. Final Fantasy IV is definitely a fantastic game. I get it. It's not great for me these days, but I can still pick up six and just knowing where they go with the characters and knowing the music and the scenes that are coming up ahead is why I would play six again. Four, there's just nothing there that would grip me like that. Okay. Guys, gals. <clears throat> Final Fantasy VI. Is a contest. For if you can make each new character's story more sad than the previous one. Um, that has always been my primary gripe with that game. There is, hey man. We're gonna we're gonna punch you in the emotional nuts here, but wait until you meet this character, you know. Or like, by the way, his wife and kid and entire kingdom were just poisoned. Everyone's dead. It's the end of the world, but you survived. Let's see if you can find anybody and make it worthwhile. Um. So that's that's tragic, but beautiful. By the time the thing is over, the story, you know. That, I, I don't like that. Final Fantasy IV starts off with a quest for redemption. Uh, going from, you know, you talk about cinematic opening scenes. You've got the music from the Red Wings over Baron. You've got this Dark Knight who just, at the order of his, his corrupt king that, you know, unbeknownst to him at the time, was taken over by, you know, other forces. Uh, slaughtering peaceful mages to steal their elemental crystal. And then... Within you know the next several legs, you've got to go back to the town that you just killed all these 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 elders and peaceful people, and you have to go through them to do this thing that they don't think you can do to be redeemed. Like Cecil or Cecil, his his quest and his character development, just that one character is better in that way than the character arcs given to six. Six is so many great characters. But because there's so many of them, they are, instead of being like three or four layers deep, it's basically one or two, and occasionally three with the main characters. Um, I can go on about Kane. I can go on, you know. You do have some two-dimensional characters. Rosa, they don't do much with. I hate to say it that way. Rydia, they gave her a great thing. Edge is kind of two-dimensional, but... yeah. So, I, I don't know. Six, you know... 
what an amazing bad guy with Kefka and and again the music for both. But then there's I. So anyway, you guys both voted Final Fantasy VI. So in a completely uncharacteristic way, because I have an opinion on every fucking thing, I might do the unprecedented thing and say it doesn't matter how I vote. I might abstain. <laughs> Is that an option? Can I abstain for the first time ever in in voting? I mean, it was you, like you, a cop if you out, give a vote to but... four, a cop out. Yeah. Well, what am I gonna? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you guys a unanimous vote, or I'm gonna vote for something that's not gonna change the tide. You're right. That's not the American yeah, no. way. That's not the democratic thing. Um, my favorite game is Final Fantasy IV. Six is probably the better game. So, which category are we choosing? Opinion or objectivity? I I've been trying to go objectivity here. Okay, then Final Fantasy VI. Uh, unanimous. Yeah. Also, I mean, what they did with um, the summons, by the way, the 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 espers, the eidolons yeah. uh, later on, uh, with six was really special, and the stat boost mm-hmm. and and customization that way, chef's kiss. Uh, similar to the the previous bracket with with Zelda three, there's there's no boohoo either way. Um, so I yeah, six is fine. Six is good. Yeah, both are are really great. So it's just tough. We're at, now we're at the, the finals of the final Ugh, three. I got to go but shower. Anyway, so Final Fantasy VI versus Final Fantasy IV. Final Fantasy VI moves on. And that leaves us with three games for our final. Okay. Chrono okay. Trigger, <laughs> Super Mario Breaking RPG, Royale. and Final Fantasy VI. Does Super Mario RPG even have a chance in hell against either of those okay. other two? So it deserves to be there. I, I think it's in the discussion, absolutely. I'm not going to vote for it. But I don't think that it's a shame that yeah. Mario. It would be okay. Mario RPG can be there with these two, but if it were only one of those other two with Mario RPG, then that would be a shame. Does that make sense? Right. Okay. So yes, because totally. If you put them against each other in a, that's why I did the three way. Yeah. I think it's better. Yeah. Because there's no other scenario where Mario RPG gets respect. I think it deserves. And just like, but like Mario RPG versus Chrono Trigger, <laughs> no. no contest. Yeah. Mario RPG Chrono versus Trigger Final Fantasy does- Six. So I, yeah. I, I didn't catch what GP was saying because my kid just walked in the room. I apologize. But the way I was going to look at this was I was going to wipe Mario RPG off real quick with everything Mario RPG does, Chrono Trigger does better. I think we can Mario RPG, to me, always felt like a knockoff Chrono Trigger that was built on an established IP. The only difference, I think, is the active combat in Mario RPG. If Chrono Trigger had that, 100%, I'd agree with you. Um, there's definitely the same feel, though, with the three-character party, the, char- the limited characters available, and there's a lot of parallels between the two. You're right. Um, I think just the combat's a little bit different in Mario RPG, and that's why I like it. But then Chrono Trigger is just story. Graphics look better. You have Toriyama, Dragon Ball Z guy, doing the graphics for Chrono Trigger. Music is far better and memorable longer just more sweeping in scope time travel yeah the mario rpg is not a bad game it's a fantastic game. yeah that's why i voted for yeah. it in the past and brackets it, but it, it's a solid bronze yeah. it's not a throwaway bronze it's it fucking earned right. it um i'm with you like um i i think yeah let's all agree rpg is third um the thing though i want to say this about two. mario the reason it's bronze for me is it does not destroy me it is a cutesy game it is a fun game it is a great uh weekend 
hookup, I guess. Um, it's the one night stand you'll call again. I, I, I don't know how to say it. That makes me sound horrible. I'm not, whatever. But uh, if, if, if it's going to be a great and memorable thing, like fucking destroy me. And that's, that's exactly what both Chrono Trigger and, and Final Fantasy VI have done. Like emotionally just, I'm in knots, you know, when I play those games. And what Jake said is right. It's 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 story. It's narrative. It's growth. It's development. And Mario RPG doesn't have that uh, in those. So for me, yeah, bronze Mario RPG. What are we gonna do about the two remaining? I don't know, man. Because <laughs> uh, I know I know where I land on this one. Do you want to make your case first, then? Because I'm I'm really undecided on those two. Yeah. So <laughs> reaching back to last bracket. I want to take a point and uh, talk about GP's mention of, you know, every character's story is sadder than the last. And I had never really thought about that before now. So you've influenced my perspective a little bit here. Um, not all the characters in Chrono Trigger have, like, sad, tragic backstories. In fact, some of them don't really touch on that much at all. Like, the most tragic thing about Chrono Trigger is you about Chrono in Chrono Trigger is you don't meet his dad. As far as his backstory goes, before the game starts, he's average Joe kid. You know, something happened to dad. That's it. That's the most we know. Luca's pretty happy. Her her mom's had an accident in the past, but overall she seems pretty happy and life is healthy and all that. You know, Marley, he, you know, cooped up brat. <laughs> But, I mean, none of them are like, oh, boo-hoo, my story is so sad. My past is so sad. Like, it's not that bad. It's, they're all kind of in dire straits when you meet them, and that's it. Yeah. Either that, or they don't remember their bad past. Like, Robo, he doesn't know what's gone on before you before he's fixed. So, to him, his past is non-existent. He knows now. He knows this. So, it's not even sad for him, really. You know, so I, I love the character exploration you get in Chrono Trigger. It's about as deep as six without so much gut wrenching all the time. There's fun. There's happiness. And I mean, six has fun and happiness. It's got, you know, can anything be that shiny? Mr. Thou it's. <laughs> yeah, it, it's got moments like that, despite the characters being as broken as they are. But six just, or four, Chrono Trigger feels like a grander adventure to me. You get to travel through time. You get to see the world in multiple shapes, not just two. And not because the, not just because the villain won. Yeah, you get to see one of the world, one of the shapes of the world where the villain has won, but you also get to see it before he's ever even touched the world. And, and, and you, get you get an influence. Multiple points. Yeah. Like you get to see yeah. all of that. And it's really cool. Yeah. What one of the so, I gotta go Chrono on this one. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, one of the coolest things, in my opinion, about Chrono Trigger, um, because again, I've only played it the once. I've watched it a lot since then, but uh, the Sunstone, you go back to the past. The sun is going to yeah. take however many million years, and so okay, well, yeah, we can do that, and we can do it like that. Like it was such a cool and unique illustration of time travel mechanics in sci-fi, uh, and it was very well executed. I think, you know, Frog, his his whole arc and everything was, was one of the highlights. 
to me, uh, I think you're right. Chrono Trigger's characters are more relatable than the characters in Final Fantasy VI. But then again, they you know they have a lot of different archetypes there. You know, you've got the 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 men who would be king. I can't relate to that. Obviously, I'm not a Saban type character, and uh, Ed, Ed, Edgar is. Uh, well, I'm not Edgar. Um, <laughs> selfishly, you know, who who because that's that's who you, you you that's what you do. Who am I in this in this gang of, of rapscallions? Um, you know. I, I I always wanted to like Tara more, but all you have to do is talk to her, and it's like, what is love? Not baby, don't hurt me no more. But it's just always everything is. It, it takes you out of it almost uh, with with how hefty and, and dramatic things are. That said, um, as great as music is in both six, I've I've got to give that the music and the, and then the bad guys, um, as as cool of an idea as. The big bads are throughout Chrono. There is something incredibly awe-inspiring about that final fight with Kefka, climbing up the tower, yeah. and then the four different level. Like even just now, like uh, you can't see it, but I've got you know goosebumps uh, or, or metric pimples or whatever they call it in Canada. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. We have goose up here. Yeah, well, I've heard you know goosebumps, uh, goose flesh, or yeah. whatever, whatever. Anyway, yeah. I I'm gonna go with six on this one, um, and I I think what wins it for me is music barely, and then the the final fight, and the fact that after if you look at like Final Fantasy four, after that ends, there's celebration, there's jubilee, there's rebuilding of the castle, there's you know, coronation ceremonies and, and weddings. And then you look at four or six and six ends. And then it's kind of like this just moment of, guess we'll climb down the mountain now. And they're all just slowly, again, together, helping each other just to go back out into the world that's already been destroyed. And as sad as that is, there is that, that feeling of like, this has emotionally affected me. Um, and it, for me, it, it does it in a way that nothing ever else has video game wise. Chrono Trigger was fun and it was entertainment. It was the Marvel flick as opposed to the DC flick, which is more lofty and heady, oh. uh, in my opinion, the DC stuff, whereas the Marvel stuff is amazing and fun and bright and beautiful and explosions. Um, six is more of the, uh, that, that was, that was some shit. You know, it was soul candy as opposed to eye candy. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with six. And I am going to let Jake decide the winner here by, by saying Sucks, that. Sucks, because they're both really good games. Well, but also that, Can that, I make oh, one small point real I, quick? I trust you. Yes, go for it. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I, I would like to mention that the villain in both games accomplishes its goal. But in only one game does the hero die. Yeah, but Lavos doesn't win, though, right? Look at 2300 AD. Lavos has won and destroyed the world. Okay. Well, yes, they because then Kefka also destroys the world and the world of ruin and stuff. Okay. But you reverse time with Chrono. Right? Yeah, we don't get se do. se separate timelines. There's just the one sacred yeah. timeline. <laughs> to steal some and MCU parlance. Final Fantasy VI ends me. on... Final Fantasy VI ends on the 
like you said, it's almost depressing in how it ends in that, yes, they've won, they've beaten this tower of awful bad, defeated the god Kefka, and then what's left? They have to go back to the world that's been destroyed. Yeah. It's incredibly depressing. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredibly depressing, whereas Chrono Trigger has that happy ending, right? And you guys kept mentioning about the characters, and you're right, Final Fantasy VI, it's, it really is. I didn't think of it like this, but you're totally right. It's bang on. It's which character suffers more. It's the it's the one-upship of who has the worst life in Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> Crow Trigger, they have their issues, but the characters end up resolving their goal. They end up growing, becoming better characters or people in the game, right? And they end up all having a happy ending to their story. I'm not the type of guy who needs a happy ending in a movie, mind you, but it is nice how Crow Trigger ends with a sweet end to a, a, a very fun journey. There's impact for the time travel and the destruction of the world and how they save the world. There's impact there and it feels really nice. But they wrap it up at the end with a verb happy bow. Uh, and that there's something to said for that kind of story. Um, and not to end, not I don't want to interrupt you too much, but I do want to mention that yeah. in the endings where you beat it in earlier points in the game, where other things are left unresolved, they're yeah. still left with the hope that they can resolve those things in the future. Final yeah. Fantasy VI. Even the one ending where it's, even the one ending where it's um you, you the it's a future, 1999 or something like that time period. And the soldiers are in the front of the screen and they see Lavos and the things come crashing down on them. Even then, that ending is like, you know that like, this is a bad ending. I could, We can do better. We can go back and we can fix this. And there's that hope there, which is really good. Yeah. But I mean, I love Chrome Trigger. I also like the combat. I like the... the it's more action-y. Uh, it's more tight. But... And like when it comes to the music, both are fantastic. I can't pick between the music. Graphics even. Both still stand up today. Both look amazing in different ways, right? Cruncher has those large, you know, colorful sprites. Final Fantasy VI has just those iconic sprite designs, which are just... I mean, there's so few games where I get salty or upset when they try and remake it, and they do it wrong, yeah. like they have with Final Fantasy VI. Every time they've tried to redo sprites for Final Fantasy VI, they screw it up. Yeah. With smooth lines, or or if they want to try three D models, none of that works. Like you can't you can't mess with Final Fantasy VI when it comes to the sprite design. It just it just gotta leave it alone. Um, it's tough. I like both these games a lot, like a fucking a lot. Yeah. And uh, I have I've many of an hour dumped into both of them as kids. I think you know it's gonna come down to me is the is the emotional impact of the story, right? And like I've already said with the opera scene or. Shadow, how he, he in oh, even the yeah, ending, he, he stays behind and he, like, tells his dog to go off without him, right? Like that that moment, the music cues are just bang on. Um, even the characters are like, I mean, the B-tier characters, like Setzer, right? With uh, with Daryl oh, yeah. or whatever. And, it's, you know, like just that arc, the moment that they give him, it was it was emotional. Even for characters I didn't really care for, they, they really hit you home with that one. Uh, or even Gao, orphan wild child. Who ends up meeting his dad, who pretends he doesn't even know who he is? Mm. Like that's 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 hits you. That's gut wrenching. Uh, so you know, does it end? Does it have a happy ending? No, but I don't think they could have ended that game happy. I think if they did, it probably would have made this game not nearly as good as it has been. Um, yeah. I don't want to say it's a DC universe movie because I don't like the DC movies. <laughs> I think they're crap compared to Marvel. I'd rather watch a Marvel movie. So I think that's insulting Final Fantasy VI personally. Mm. But I get it. They're the gritty dark universe of video game RPGs. Uh, both are really good, though. Yeah. Like, I really like Chrono Trigger. Uh, like, the 
the Magus's song or Shala Shala <laughs> Magus's sister's theme. Shala is one of my top favorite songs in a video game of all time. Um, that's fantastic. So the like it really graphics, music, characters—they are both tied in every conceivable way. Uh, even the endings for each of them in their own way is bang on. The only reason I'm going to take Final Fantasy VI is because of the emotional impact and those story beats. And it's not just one or two. It's like a dozen different story beats where Final Fantasy VI is, just hits you yeah. right in the stomach. Uh, Chrono Trigger does not have nearly as many. Yeah, There's a few, but not nearly the same. For those of you listening, I want you to know that GP just had a wild face of excitement go over his face when, <laughs> when Jake chose Final Fantasy VI. I, I mean, I don't do cliffhangers well. It's no Circus Charlie. No, no, no. How could it even hope to be? I mean, it's no Shadowrun for the '64 <laughs> Genesis. Or whatever. But uh, you know, we do what we can with what God gave us, and uh, yeah, you know, when we did the NES platformers thing, there were so many games where I'm like, if this goes any further than this or this, I'll be shocked. But then we have an episode like this where there's so many, like, ultimately, the three at the end, that was good. And, it, you know, but you could have exchanged any number of these for that. So, but I think this is how it should end. I think this is great. And it, it could have been Chrono, and I would have still been thrilled. But this this feels this feels right. And I don't, I don't think anybody probably could have guessed how these would have been voted on if you'd put them in, you know, front of somebody. But that doesn't mean it was predictable because we fleshed out the reasons for this and we really tried to touch on what made these games special and, and what they are and define them. And, and that's that's beautiful. And as adults who grew up on these games, uh, they, they've changed. The way that I understand Final Fantasy VI now, I mean, hell, um, the, the, the first time that it really hit me that, um, what's his name? The guy from Doma, whose wife and kid got poisoned. Cyan. Cyan. Cyan, yeah. That that arc never really hit until I got married and had kids. And then I played that when Paulsh, actually, when, when I was watching with Paulsh, that was the first time since I had become a dad that I had, had watched that part. And it hit different. And, and so Final Fantasy VI has grown, or I've grown to understand it in a different way, as I have with most of these, except for really Mario RPG. That's just always going to be that. But... Uh, <laughs> There's something special about this era of RPGs um, for me, and I think for most. And again, even what I'm saying, if I'm saying anything, is even if this was a predictable way for the brackets to go, I hope it was still a fun journey for everybody because uh, it's a long episode, but it was it was so much fun for me. I love doing this kind of stuff. We tried to shorten it. Well, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's RPGs. How, how, do you, how do you do that? I yeah, mean, that's yeah. true. That's Fail. true. All right. No, not fail. This well, is great. if you, anybody listening likes this type of episode, please do let us know. Give us ideas of what other kind of tiers you'd like us to break down. Uh, SNES RPGs was a tough one. There's some like we all have favorites on this list, and uh, it's good. We should probably wrap it up because we're almost at two hours, which is insane. I didn't think yeah. we'd go this late. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, okay, uh, werewolf. Where can folks find you? Uh, Twitch, Twitter, and here. W-A-R-E-W-U-L-F-F. Uh, search it on Google. Tell it you meant it, and you'll find me. I love that. Every, every GP, week. Is this what you do when we don't have the camera oh, on? shit. You guys probably saw me mouth <laughs> <laughs> this entire thing. Uh, busted. Yes, but, okay. Oops. But that's the celebration. That was, 
I, I look forward to it. It's like when Norm walks in and everybody in Cheers goes, Norm. You just you look forward to it. Or Christina Applegate shows up anywhere and everybody goes, ooh. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Where can they find sorry, you, uh, Twitch.tv slash The Retro Therapy or search for The Retro Therapy on any of the major social medias uh, and on YouTube. And then, of course, with Press B. And if you're my dog, you'll subscribe. No, that's not right. That, that's pandering. No. Uh, yeah, I'm Sick Jake. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter, S-I-C-J-A-K-E. And, of course, we are Press B to Cancel, PressBetoCancel.com. You can also find us on uh, Patreon, uh, which I don't have the link because I'm bad and I'm tired and I'm sick. But you can check us out on Press B to Cancel on Twitter, and all the links are there. And you can listen to us, of course, on Apple iTunes or whatever it's called now, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, but also... Importantly, we are doing YouTube and we are doing video on YouTube as well as the audio podcast you like. Yeah. Uh, let us know if you do like the YouTube and how we've been doing it. Uh, feedback's really important to us, especially when we're new at this stuff. So let us know. Sorry about my face. I think that's it. And also, uh, standing ovation really for Sick Jake. I know you've been very under the weather lately and uh, the fact that you did this and you held on for damn near two hours, yeah. especially while I was so talkative, yeah. I'm sure you could have fallen asleep. <laughs> Uh, thank you for being such a strong dude and a, a good trooper and really giving it to the well to the, to the listeners. This episode of Press B has been brought to you by Dayquil. <laughs> it's wearing <laughs> off right now. So, all right, guys. Thanks very much, and we'll see you guys all next week. Bye. Koopo, koopapo. Special thanks for music go to Arthur the Ancient, found on SoundCloud, or The Last Ancient on YouTube. For more episodes, please visit our website, pressb2cancel.com. As well, feel free to like or subscribe at Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else you'd like to listen to your favorite shows. As always, thank you. This has been... Press to Cancel.